Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 25th of May 2020. Well, what a week that was. A crazy week. The market has gone up. The drought is back with a vengeance. Very, very warm weather in the middle of last week. Six pounds up on wheat in between the, the the first thing on Monday and the trade on Thursday afternoon. As I record, the market has opened a little bit down this morning. It's, it's two pounds off that peak, uh, trading 169 on the North Futures. But um, I'm afraid that the, the, the fever is with us. I think that uh, farmers have, have emailed us, texted us, phoned us up and said... My crop's dying on its feet, and without a doubt, on my incredible journey on my bike into work, which I'm doing every day, the crops have gone backwards. There's been some shocking differences where 10 days ago, the whole field was green and even, and uh, on Thursday morning, especially with the, the sun beating down, there was uh, there's some incredibly dry patches of, of, of grain that are just dying, so... Uh, we're in uh, we're in a little little corner that uh, I must admit I think we've had a little bit more than our fair share of rain, so it's a bubble that the, the the COVID bubble I've lived in has made me think well, there's lots of it coming, and I actually ventured out on a trip around our stores to make sure everything's in the right place and make sure that the guys are actually physically manning the places are ready for the onslaught of collections of futures that will that will occur shortly, and. Um, yeah, you don't get far away from Aylsham heading to the west of the county when you discover some pretty disgustingly awful-looking fields, and it's not the farmer's fault, it's the weather. Be it, I think the one, the one that's suffering the most probably is winter barley. It's It really is just, it's had all the wrong weather at the wrong times. It's got not very many tillers. Um, the nitrogen sat there, and when it finally got washed in, it's going to be going into less grains. I think it's going to be a high nitrogen crop. And it's desperate for rain now to get some grain fill going on. So, yeah, that's a pretty sick-looking crop. Some of the spring barleys are now all right. They, they they started well; everything was going to plan, but they are now looking well. They're they're, they're curling up. They're pointy. They're just not healthy. Um, very unhappy little crop. The wheat, well, that's looked fabulous in some places but it's it's coming into ear i mean it's may that's not normal it, we, we normally make it to june before we start seeing the the ear come through um so on the basis of kind of 10 weeks between now and when we first saw them we, we should see even this is on on the coast i went for a walk along the coast near munsley uh 200 meters from the sea there's Norfolk wheat coming into ear. That's that's normally a week or so behind. So, yeah, I think we we may well see if it keeps very hot and dry. We will we will see a fair amount of wheat coming in the last six seven days of July, which is uh, just a little note. Yeah, and 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 that in itself means that the the tail end of July and the start of harvest will kind of become merged into one. 
and there'll never be a, a rally or a shortage or anything. It's just going to be new crop coming in. Whether it's good spec or not, I mean, hopefully there's some old, lots of old crop to blend it with to avoid kilo weight claims and stuff. But we really do need grain fill. There, the rain in June when the when the plant is you know trying to get reach its optimum uh, size in each grain site that's actually ma- managed to make it to harvest, and we may well have really good kilo weights. That would that would be something that that levels things out a bit. But um, in the short term, yield is being impaired from lack of tillers and the grain sites will start diminishing on each head, as all of you farmers know. So, uh, cheerful cheerful news on uh, price, but um, miserable news in reality because you need the yield to make the money. So, the price of wheat went up £6. The price, the real golden crop of the week, having, having given it the kiss of death two weeks ago, is barley. Uh, all of a sudden... China has decided to put a tariff on uh, Australian barley. So and that's not just the reason why barley's gone up, but it certainly helps to have China not buying it from its one of its main sources. And although the, the Aussies will come back in January, February time when their crop comes on and, and competes into Saudi or North, North Africa or wherever, wherever um, we have a, a market that I was saying 110x feed barley harvest may well be where it's at and this is the darkest hour. You could you could make 120 today, so 10 quid in a two-week span uh, for feed barley. Now, there may well be lots and lots of feed barley because lots of your malting barley fails, and that could undermine it. But but it's great news that the base of the, of the market has finally come out from its slide and its terrible prospects. So it, that's slightly good news. Um, and nobody's trading. That's the other thing. Farmers aren't. Price might be good, but nobody who's who's got a field who's inspected it is going to let the balance of, oh, well, it has actually rained in in parts of Ukraine. It has actually rained in, in, in all sorts of places around the globe to say there is going to be a half-decent crop. And yes, there are some dry patches, but, but there is a, 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 this high pressure that's sticking over the UK at the moment is kind of flipping rain over the top. And if you look at the prospects in the next two weeks, there's an awfully large amount of rain goes down into some key growing areas in northern Europe and across into Ukraine and Russia. So they may well have good-sized crops, which is underlyingly bearish. Anyone living in the middle of the high pressure is just not going to sell. And we have had several of our farmers coming on uh, cash settling. I mean, it's one of those we've we've, we've discussed this uh, on a previous podcast. Just to remind you, cash settlement means you can see something is glaringly obviously going to happen. And instead of just blaming the wife or kicking the dog you can actually go onto your trader and say look I think there's a reasonable chance this market's going to go up I've sold this many tons I don't feel that comfy could you sell me some back and then if I'm right in my theory the market trades up I don't know five ten pounds a ton then come back and sell it we do that and we do that uh, treating everyone as a grown-up and them understanding what they are doing which enables them to, to ratchet their prices up. Sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes they get the market wrong. I accept that. But the opportunities there and the opportunity to be treated as a trader as opposed to just an oik is the difference sometimes of 5 to £10 pounds a tonne. So cash settlements are occurring. And even though the market's down this morning, I believe I, I, we've got a bank holiday weekend ahead. By the time you've listened to this, you know, Tuesday morning, we've got three very dry, very warm days. Everybody's at the beach um, and they're going to they're gonna come back and you just, the sentiment will not allow you to sell it, I believe. So um, 
So we're friendly in the short term. We are friendly to this market. In the longer term, I don't know. I, I think it's got. Let's let's trade the the the, the lower yield. The, the harvest is shrinking, and in, and that's let's let that be our main focus for the next week, two weeks, three weeks. Beyond then, um, what, what people are calling demand destruction, the you know the the impact of COVID and the lack of trade around the globe and and the lack of usage of wheat. Uh, we will see the impact of that. No one seems to have really worked that out or declared yet the meaning of that. And I certainly haven't got the capacity to work it out. So I will wait and, and shirt tail the market and try and try and read into it when it starts moving. But there will be an impact of lack of consumption, just as there's a lack of production likely through, through the drought. So uh, let's go just back to the basic price type. Uh, I've mentioned feed barley, 120 for harvest, which is great. Um, rape, that's up as well, shock horror, um, 310. The prospects for the rape crop uh, with flea beetle for next year, I think the, the, the towel will be thrown in. And I think that uh, we will have a much, much smaller crop. And I don't know, how do we beat this horrid little flea beetle? How do we do, we do it? I know there's people trying all sorts of... Um, sort of sister crops grown with it or strip farming and I don't know do we build a wall just to keep keep them out like Donald Trump um, something's got to break the cycle and I guess take take away the the food and hopefully that will get rid of them but uh, I think we're going to have a lot of people with a year off rape or two years off rape uh, which just leaves us with feed wheat um, so I'll give you the, the values for new crop first November with the futures trading this morning at 69 has gone down to 64x. It was at 1.65 or even 66x. Um, that's going to be quite hot. If you took a look at harvest and you're prepared to sell for um, buyer's call August, which means you know you might be cutting it last week of July, it won't get moved until the 28th of August. Um, you'd, you'd make 160x probably. Um, you'd make 160 delivered store for immediate harvest movement straight into the shed. Uh, which is just sounds fantastic, doesn't it? But but everyone's going to think, oh, that sounds good, and then they're going to look at their field and go, oh, I don't know if I dare. I've already sold a, a, a bit, and that percentage has just gone up quite a lot. So no, I think I'll sit on my hands. Old crop has had a a, a very very strange week. Uh, I really have been writing that one off, and I am aware of, of lumps of wheat out there unsold. Everybody's talking about carrying it. Um, we're still in May. There's all of June and all of July to go, and the consumers have not yet covered all of June and July. So most of June is covered, but they have certainly not covered July. So, yeah, I, I guess harvest coming early, if we're right on that, um, looking at the stuff coming into ear and guessing, and the weather forecast that we've got, it should bring it on. That That should undermine old crop a little bit, but it's difficult to know where the prices are. I... I I would say July, it's got to be valued somewhere around about 68 delivered consumer. So you're going to be getting 60x, which is a full £10 up on where we were two weeks ago. So that's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess if you absolutely can carry it, that's from this year into next year without any hassle, without any heartache, you're not going to lose anything and you've got all the cards to play. If you can't, now we've seen old crop really kind of come up in value. Um, yeah, I think one or two of you might get tempted uh, if now if it is trading in the 160s X. 
So if you, as I say, I've said this before, if you gauge your life by price alone, then uh, it's been a fantastic week. Uh, if you gauge it by net return for next year, I'm afraid the drought has done absolutely none of us any favours whatsoever. So with that happy thought, have a hopefully slightly wet week. Well, no, you won't, will you, unless you're Welsh, it's raining over there. But no, anyway, have, a, have an optimistic week, let's call it that. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Get your website working for you with East Coast Design Studio. Want to know how to increase traffic to your website? East Coast Design Studio are offering a free full site assessment and SEO appraisal to help you improve the performance of your business. Each website report comes with a clear, actionable and prioritised list of recommendations that you can implement in order to reach more customers. Want to get more visitors to your website? Go to eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk and click on the ribbon on the homepage. Oh, and did we mention it's free? And now it's time for Farm Chat. This week we have had an email from a Yorkshireman. Yeah. So we uh, we picked up an email from Simon Culpin. I hope I pronounced the uh, the name right there. So Simon is a farmer in um, Malton, North Yorks. Shall I read it out? Yeah, go read it. Yeah. Can you do it with a Yorkshire accent, please? So you have the local. That's not, it's not my speciality. I'll leave that one for you. You're, you've got the, uh, the the magic touch on that. I just wanted to get in touch to see if you could possibly I briefly think. chat about futures on no, one of your possibly. podcasts. I listen to your show on a regular basis, spraying the fantastic Yorkshire countryside and have many a laugh out loud moments. Oh, that's nice to hear. Um, the podcast is actually quite good. You've <laughs> had some praise. Thank you very much. Um, well, I you. find... I mean, Yorkshireman quite good means like exceptional should be winning awards. <laughs> At it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm too bad, lad. It's all right, you know. I find it difficult, however, to get an understandable answer on how futures work and how they could benefit the farm. I was going to send some beer to encourage the conversation, as I highly recommend. Is it Osset Yorkshire Blonde? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I haven't this time, as we're all a bit tight in Yorkshire. Sorry. That was a rumour, wasn't it? Did you? I think you might have referenced Yorkshireman being tight for in a past one, haven't you? Yeah, possibly. I'll take the, if I take the blame for the Yorkshireman being tight. I think it's more of an observation in my experience than <laughs> I've just simply said. Yeah, they're a little bit tight. However, um, I, we really appreciate the email, and we we didn't expect you to send a beer because we know how tough things are up there near the Arctic. You know, great to have people listening in Yorkshire. Is that's cool? Yeah, it's brilliant. He's just um, well, talking about that. He's he must be on the edge of um, Bridge, Bridlington, probably Malting Barley area around there. I would have thought. Well, I, I mean, we've just we look, we've kind of looked up. We put his name onto the magic machine and came up with the, a young bloke in 2012 with lots of hair, um, doing massive drilling job in in Australia with a hundred done five thousand hectares with a hundred hectares to go that night or something. That's right, with a bit of commentary going on, and a bit of music funny, in the background. Yeah. Now, if he's in Yorkshire now, and it's twelve, and it was what eight years ago, I guess he's got to be bald by now, isn't he? 
<laughs> and have a much he was smiling like crazy and there was a girl with a video camera obviously which was probably gone by now yeah yeah he's probably bald and pulling a much more dour face <laughs> <laughs> so so if i'm wrong on that simon i apologize but you know he had a good mop of hair in those days i, I don't know <laughs> right futures I'll, a, a quickie on that you already have futures working for you and the way they work for you is your merchant comes along and says i'll pay you this price for uh, new crop wheat and the only way he can determine what the price for new crop wheat is is by having a futures contract there or a reference price so the dynamic is if you said oh i i i'll sell you some wheat at that price because i like the sound of it you are selling it for november which is in the future and the and the merchant is either absorbing that against a sale he's already got to somebody else or very possibly he'll be selling a futures contract mm. at that moment what that does is it saves you bucket loads of money going on um, what they call initial margin. If you have your own futures account, you have to lodge loads of money with the futures exchange. You have to prove that you're competent at doing trading it. And it just costs you money. If you have you have initial margin, which covers market movements, if, the, if, it, if it fluctuates a bit, if you sell and the market goes up, you have to, to make up the difference, which is that margin calls come in and, and the things that terrify farmers. So in effect, you've got access to futures for free by the wonderful merchanting sector. One of the points to mention is, I mean, futures provide for the farmer a market the whole time. If it was just relying on the physical market, there's quite often times when there's not physical buyers. Your merchant is like, well, I haven't got anywhere to sell it. Where's my buyer? With a future exchange, there is always a price at a given time that, that you can sell your crop. Yeah, the problem is that not enough people use the futures. They use the price, but don't use the actual futures. Arguably, there's not enough liquidity in the futures market, yes. Yeah. Which is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If people don't yeah. use them, there's not enough liquidity. Yeah. Then they end up with a market that can be very easily manipulated or controlled. And if you have no futures market whatsoever, then you're going to be in the hands of very few people who I cannot mention because they get upset every time I do it. And without the futures market, transparency is gone. I think for a farmer... You know that we're guilty of it when we're at the office. You look and you type into your apps, don't you? And you have a look at what the futures price is. And it's hopefully most farmers now understand their basis. I appreciate it's different throughout the whole country, but get an idea of your basis and you know what your your merchant or your your farm buyer is going to be bidding you on most phone calls. Yeah, you know, on the seed side, you hedge your stuff with futures, don't you, Josh? Yeah, no, I do. And, and today I spoke to someone who's looking at selling some. February 22 wheat, which obviously a local mill isn't going to be looking that far ahead. So the only way to do that is is by looking at the futures contracts for November 21 or May 22, depending on which one's the more liquid and, and what we can trade out of. Everybody quotes futures, not everybody trades them. And with that, you get sometimes a, you know, a, a crazy spike in prices and someone who is offering wheat, you say, I'll sell my wheat when it gets 160. And the market goes up a crazy amount for some obscure reason. And it's like 165. And, and someone will turn and say, oh, that's not, that's not the right price against the future. I'm not selling it. And the reality is their target price was 60. Do you know what I mean? That a lot of people mm. who don't use futures kind of stop themselves from trading sometimes, miss the opportunity because the, the price isn't right against the futures. And yet they don't actually trade the futures, which to me is nuts. Do you uh, do you dare put a UK crop size on at the moment? It's, it's shrinking. So 
sub 10 we were always plus 10 because mm. actually on I, I actually went out on monday out of the little bubble that is northeast norfolk where it has stayed green and pleasant but you uh, swapped for corona on the way back in <clears throat> i kept in the car <laughs> i only spoke to local people <laughs> and, uh, from a distance and i went up to uh, to uh walsingham and i went down to south pick and i went across to honing and i went to cantley and not very far the other side of Aylsham towards Fakenham, there is some really ugly looking crops. Mm. And that has no disrespect to the farm. It's very blatantly, obviously, mm. the lack of rain. Mm. And, the, and this is, the wheat has always looked okay, but in one week, the, the, the whole crop has turned around yeah. from looking healthy to mm. dying. Yeah. And the winter barley. Mm. You mentioned to me this morning that the last three consecutive years there's been a June rain, early Late June, May, early June, save the day it, rain. Yeah. Mm. David Kidner told us. I that. remember I was on a stag do. Was it last year? Two years, and it was on the second of June, and there was a good inch and a half, and it was brilliant. Yeah, you know, I was coming back from the stag with a farmer, and he was just, "This is it. It's heaven." Um, yeah, there's no guarantee that rain occurs, and this year it doesn't look like it's going to. That high pressure's with us for a good. Eight days, yeah, and it's sending kind of rain over the top. Scott, some of Scotland's getting some of it, and it's going to go down over Denmark and into Germany, Poland, and so on. So there is there is rain in some key places, but the UK the, does the, make me wonder. I mean, going back to the the season, how it pissed down with rain all the way through, and probably as a result, we've got shallow rooted crops, haven't we? Coming into the spring and yeah. out, yeah. Double whammy. Everything's suffering. I mean, the spring barley's now, which has looked okay, is is looking pretty gruesome. And you, Josh, you said you uh, we've got wheat coming into here, haven't we? Yeah, by the coast, which is ten days behind. Spoke to a farmer yesterday who is, you know, four weeks ahead. Pretty yeah. scary, really. July oh, wheat, which means I don't know. It I've... must be. It's at ten weeks ear to shear. Ten weeks from now, where are we? There. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Plus that, yeah, about somewhere round about. This is on. This is two hundred meters from the from the sea, isn't it? Yeah. So if that inland, there's there's um fully in here. Yeah, I I think we'll be finished wheat harvest by. Oh, he's gonna be stupid. Don't tell <laughs> no, I think it'll start raining first second week of July through till third week of September. Well, all joking aside, twenty twenty is is dressing itself up to be. The, the you know Anna's horribleness isn't it? It's been had an awful autumn. It's had a, a now a drought. We've got COVID nineteen, demand destruction, and now we've got. There's only one more thing to to, to finish it off. No grain fill because there's no rain forecast. Rain at the wrong moment. Yeah, overcast for the whole of June and then rain in August September. Well, overcast would keep it from. Uh, Mind you, that would be bad for grain fill. Yeah, though. bad for the yeah. Well, it depends if there's any moisture, doesn't it? Mm. And also, it's bad for the for the um, alpha amylase, the, the Hagberg numbers. But a little bit of moisture would be good to give us some grain fill. But that isn't forecast, so therefore it'll rain August the first continuously. How about that? Harvest to be done by then. But what if we what if we discuss the wider? So it's it's quite a complicated market, isn't it? Because it's clearly or we feel bullish to. UK crop size but then you know we always talk about it we aren't it's not all about UK is it 
Mm-mm. Europe's had some rain, even though the Russia, Russian crop has been, the last revision I saw was 77 million, I think. I can't remember which consultant. It's gone down to 76, from. it's 1 million tonnes down. But the Ukrainian crop's getting better, and the French crop has gone up 2%, good to excellent mm. in, in its. So the French crop's responding to the rain it had a week, mm. eight days ago, whenever it was. Uh, that's you know that's coming up a bit, mm. uh, and there's there's plenty of other parts of the world. The corn planting in the states, or there's the odd localized flood, dams giving away in Michigan. But um, it it's there's a lot more in the ground than normal. It is it is business as usual in terms of production, and the UK is a diddy little place, undeniably. But everyone, you know, me especially, I'll I'll be miserable about imports and and prices. It, it's not just the cheapest price of the lowest boat. There's lots of you know, there's not that much grain that's cheaper than us. Denmark's got a certain number of tons, yeah. which is cheap, but it isn't. All right, maybe after Brexit, we can buy a nice, cheap, cheap imported Russian wheat, no, no tariff, yeah. and and it'll undermine us. So, so maybe that will that will be the thing. We've had so many farmers on about cash settlements, mm. and we've been doing cash settlements. I mean, luckily, that's mm. one of the uh, the things that we offer, and farmers are taking us up on that opportunity there is a chance i think that the uk sentiment is going to simply have no sellers mm. the price can be whatever it likes yeah. with a farmer that's got his field dying in front of but his I think toes that, that um the um motivation or sorry the sentiment to these farmers cash settling is in two parts one they think the market is going to go up and two probably they've got a much smaller crop they're going to be marketing yeah and a feeling someone who would have been 50 percent sold is probably now 75 percent sold maybe what what about the the crop that um that I think farmers should be it's not that easy to hedge from our part so but we are vocalizing this but is um is the following crop farmers are going to grow a lot of wheat next year and you've got brexit we could be a 60 million ton crop very quickly with a very limited amount of outlets but if 2020 Crop goes up fifteen pounds. It will drag it with it. Got to, yeah. So, but it won't be a like for like. No, kind of. But it's gone from one hundred and forty-eight mm. in the futures to one hundred and fifty-two. Yeah. So let's say for every tenner on, oh, on this year's crop coming, yeah. there's four quid for the new crop for the time being. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There needs to be a point when everyone sells the backside off it. But I think if it, no, and I don't can't talk about this with any clarity what's the word conviction. Um, conviction yeah but i would assume that costs are cheaper going forward fuel price and nitrogen i don't know about some of the inputs your seed seed could be interesting because there's a lot of people saying that there won't there will be hardly any varieties because of the lack of drilling in the autumn for next year but ultimately the price of seed is determined on demand obviously and to uh how much of the how much of it there is so um and it depends what base price is doing. So if feed wheat is obviously relatively strong, seed prices will be up this year compared to last year, 100%. Would you recommend getting your seed ordered then? I would, but I wouldn't listen to a lot of the scaremongery that's going on to from a lot of the seed houses. So I would, I'd get some cover in to know what you've got. If you're looking to get some a new variety, new funky variety, then yes. Uh, but there is scaremongery out there from lots of people. When have we ever? We very rarely run out of seed in the UK. Can you secure class one milling wheat seed? <laughs> yeah, yes. Good, because I, I think we're going to get some growers. I said that last week, and hell has frozen over. 
So, um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think we've got to address the issue of Brexit and milling wheat and our favourite miller's new mill that he's built for us down at Harlow. I think, yeah, we need to get our hands on some. Sure. Hey, yeah, that's that's uh, trading meeting in progress, that one. That was a decision made because there was less stuff planted last autumn and it isn't that readily available. And a lot of it was planted, always it's planted in Lincolnshire, you know, the north. Nice Anglia isn't as big as, as other areas and that's the only place where we got a lot of winter cereals in. Is is the is there much over-yeared? Good, have you got a good variety of over-yeared seed anywhere? Nope. I think that there there is there is one or two people that do hot over year seed, but they will be selling a lot of that is sold sort of June July time. Speaking to a few people, Suffolk looks good on the seed front, but outside of there it looks awful, mm. really really awful. So it'd be interesting to see. Okay, right, we're going to send Josh off to get some beer now. But one one thing I was um, thinking about, you know, we've we, we've got nobody meeting up for any you know cereals, and there's, nobody's got any events that. Anyone's prepared there is, to, um, to There is a live cereals event that came into my um, inbox the other day. So I think they're doing a virtual one. Virtual one, yeah. That'd be good. How, much, how, many, how much is the ticket for that then? Exorbitant. I don't know. I didn't even... Crazy. Yeah. Crazy yeah. money. <clears throat> I think those sort of things are difficult because a lot of the reasons people go to that is that, I don't say networking, but it is seeing people, seeing people in different stands. and we'll see how big Frontier Stand is. Oh, watch how this gets. <laughs> there used to be open field yeah. versus frontier, and, and was, I used yeah. to joke about having a little four-man tent with some models from Tessa's agency outside with tight T-shirts and free beer. But, um, nah, it wasn't worth it. But it's it's slightly different now. The, 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 lots of people got turned off that event by the crazy cost, didn't they? I think it was cost, and there weren't the margins necessarily in the trade to, no, to just, justify it, and it was just, no. yeah. It's, um, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of pounds that people were spending. Yeah. Um, to have a bigger tent than the next person. I think it's important though, with everything. I mean, in our own little micro world, the Elsham Show, we like to have a presence. And yeah, it's important to have a presence, isn't it? But then once I think someone decided, right, I've had enough, it's too expensive, it was like the domino effect. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been cancelled. And uh, so we won't be uh, we we won't be working on Bank Holiday Monday this year, which is really luxurious. <laughs> and giving out free beer and um, yeah, pot pies, getting too hot. Which is a shame because the Alstom show is superb and it's it's does such a large amount for local charity. But it, it'll be quite nice to have a year off. Mm. But you know, we we're organising, as you know, the um, the Norfolk dinner, which which happens in January. Do we cancel that? I mean, will people be prepared to get sit next mm. to each other by then? I I have my doubts. We'll 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 put that one out there. If anyone has a response or a thought about that, will we all be prepared to go out um, in January? I suspect not. Yeah, I don't think so. Not in full full force. No. Right, today, for a change, we are going to have a beer each uh, because we're just... Do I get to have the bigger one? Like yeah, you can, if you like. Well, I've got a uh, St. Allstall's Brewery tribute, Cornwall's Parallel 4.2, independent family brewers. I haven't tried a tribute, but... Right, I'll have the Yankee. I've got Yankee Original Pale Ale, 4.3%, Roosters Brewing Co. since 1993. And it comes from... Well, I can split it. Yeah. Oh, this is great. This is for, this is for Simon, actually. This is Simon, um, our man from Yorkshire. Uh, 
It is ingredient soft Yorkshire water. Oh, so, it's, so it's a Yorkshire brewed and canned in the UK by Roosters Brewery. HG28. Oh, it's HG2. What's that postcode? Harrogate. Probably, yeah. Sounds about right. There you go. Simon, we're drinking a Yorkshire beer uh, despite it all. I've got, of course, I've got the hipster beer, haven't I? I've got the hive of the honey ale. British brown and brewed with urban and rural honey. Yeah, yours is brown ale, I noticed. SE1. Brilliant. Yeah, so uh, a hiver specialist is a honey beer and uses honey ingredients. Mine's blooming marvellous. The time before, after we'd cracked into one beer, we couldn't help ourselves. We sort of... uh, Yeah, that turns into into a early afternoon. (laughs) Luckily, I was cycling home. Yeah. Anyway, so back to drinking beer. I'd give mine a five and four. Really? Don't like honey beer. It's oh, br- I like honey beer. It's brown, brown it's ale. Really. It looks like Newcastle brown, but with honey in it. It's all right. Probably the nicest honey beer I've ever drunk. But is that what honey beer is? They have honey in it. Well, this is this this is why I was sceptical, because it's it's very London style in a sense that they all want to be different from one another and they've got their own beehives by the looks of it that they put their put honey in with. Well, I haven't got any thing beehives. Is, would so that it's... add to the alcohol volume? Yeah. Should would it? Feed it up a Cause bit, yeah. Obviously, port is basically red wine with added sugar. So would that then, would the extra sugar add to the alcohol content? Is that why that plays up with gout, you two? I don't know, Josh, have you just added another person on, or another, um, what do you call it, group that we've offended again? Have you gone back to London as stereo bashing? I just think it's interesting that there's not very many, I mean, of course, there's millions of people left in London, but I'd like to know how many people have left. I live in a place where there is it's a holiday village, essentially, and um, and it's, yeah, full of Londoners, I suppose. Well, without doubt, we've, we've, with our other hat on, the, the property business that we had, we have a number of houses that have not been able to sell in recent weeks due to COVID, um, and the interest, massive interest in purchasing rural properties from big cities. Lots of people are definitely thinking, I'm going to get out, and I'm going to live out in the sticks. I had, on that subject, actually, I've had my brother and one of my best friends living with me since since the the week before lockdown, and uh, so I don't know, for a long ten weeks or so. And one of them, my friend, has basically said he wants to quit his job, and <laughs> move to where I live because he just loves it. You know, he's come at a great time of year, but great. he's just so happy. Great builders, great builders, yeah. <laughs> He ain't yeah. heavy. He's my brother. He, well, yeah, I mean, Henners is... Uh, I think even Henners has got over the London thing, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he He's buying has. a bike. He's not going on the tube. Yeah, he's, he is buying a bike, yeah. He's got quite a good bike-to-work scheme. He's been isolating with his girlfriend, and she's got her bike as helped. So, um, yeah, he's been... A, you know, it'll give, it give them access to go and bike to different places. Well, I, I, went, I saw him last night. I, yeah, of course. I socially distanced with him, and I... Uh, off we walked. We walked along the cliff and went along, saw those fields of wheat coming to here, and it was one of the most breathtaking evenings on the on the top of a cliff. Oh. It was so warm, and it was just, oh, it's just amazing. You don't see anybody, so you don't catch COVID-19, do you? No, I've got to say, that, that has been really special recently. And you can do an outside wee. You can, yeah, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> you can't do that in the city, can you? Not no. without getting arrested. 
It's one of the luxuries of being an Englishman, that, by the way. You farmer boys know all about that. Anyway, um, the... uh, Where were we? Yeah, so so the the interest in properties, because we we also have a... uh, There's a house next door to where I live, which is up for sale, and it's a diddy little cottage with a great big garden. And... um, in my opinion, it's it's kind of a lot of money for what it is, but 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 the location of it, obviously, it's a premium because it's next to me. But the the <laughs> the um, the estate agent who's showing it around is is it's a, it's Savills uh, with the people who are showing people around, and the the level of interest, all city, and I mean London, predominantly, uh, people are genuinely saying. I want to change. I, I can work from home and I value, I don't know, health. So, yeah, I, one of, I think my, one of, another friend who's been isolating back in Norfolk with his girlfriend, he's, uh, he works in London and, and he, his boss technically works in Chichester. So quite a long way away from London. And, uh, and they're basically just said, you know, they're going to have remote office when they need it, but he wants to live in Norfolk. His boss wants to live in Chichester. I mean, the, 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 the ha- we've got a house about to go through on the, the property business at asking price. Just like that, okay. straight after COVID, in, bang, done, no price drop. Well, there were loads of cash buyers in the middle of it coming and <coughs> buying. I mean, West Norfolk, so these are there's the, the premium area, isn't it? Um, several million pound houses completely like that, cash buyers. Bang, I mean, there will be some casualties in this which is the places where they're over overcrowded yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. so there will be price drop in the in the whole industry but i suspect you know key attractive areas with reasonable uh links travel links um are going to be a premium we're lucky norfolk is a nice place that's why we can well it's down there's yorkshire and yeah. there's lots and lots of lovely places out of the cities mm-hmm. and it's that that's what appeals you know families are saying I don't like this. I don't want my children. I don't want yeah. me. I don't want you to have all of these, all of yeah. this threat. Yeah. Okay. So you'll be getting this sometime on Monday, we expect. So have a fabulous weekend leading up to this podcast. And um, I hope you've uh, enjoyed our, our putterings. And at some point in the future, we're going to be having guests on here again. And I don't think it's that far away. I'm trying to read Boris's um, advice. And I reckon I can interview anyone I like and somehow claim that it's a vital moment and and get away with it. So with that happy thought, uh, see you next week. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, We can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at dewinggrain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. 